Welcome to the Everyday Ultra Podcast, a show designed to help you level up your training, crush your races, and ultimately become a better endurance athlete every single day. Whether you're an endurance athlete as a hobby or someone who wants to be the best in the sport, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and today we have an awesome guest talking about one of the most requested topics and probably one of the most crucial topics to your training, and that is how to find a PT that's going to help you hit your goals in your training in the ultra endurance world, but most importantly, how you can take control of your own recovery process, your own health, your own longevity, everything that's going to help keep you in the sport because I always say you can train as much as you want, but if you're not making it on the start line, then your goals are never going to come to fruition. And there's no other uh, kind of person that can help you do that than having a good physical therapist. But with all the physical therapists out there and all the health care and benefits and all of this different stuff out there it can get kind of tough to find who the heck is the right person that I should work with. So today I brought on my amazing friend, Dr. Kaylee Kaufman, who is on here today as a licensed physical therapist who works with a company who works with a ton of endurance athletes. She's a wealth of knowledge, but most importantly, really great person. So, so excited to have her on today to talk about this subject. Kaylee, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be educating your your followers and how to get started on this journey. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here too. I mean, it's it's so interesting. Like, you know, we we became friends through the podcast yeah. and then I've been following your journey and we've been staying in touch. And what, what I find just so like admirable about you and your journey, I feel like you're always learning and mm-hmm. always wanting to get better and everything like that. And so to have you here sharing everything you've learned, like not just, you know, on classes or online or anything, but like through the practical application of working with tons of clients, I think there's a ton of stuff to to really dive into here. But before we kind of get into all the nitty gritty detail and everything like that, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the world of physical therapy and kind of some of the work that you do with your current clients. Yeah, so I am, I've been a PT for about three years. I grew up in Bozeman, Montana and went to undergrad at Montana State and then came down to Phoenix to AT Still for PT school. I graduated in 2019 and I've been loving Phoenix ever since. Um, I've worked in a couple different settings. I've worked in a skilled nursing facility. I've worked in home health. And then I stumbled upon Launch Physical Therapy, which is where I'm at now in Phoenix, um, through like a mentorship for PT group. And I started there, I think, January of last year, so 2021. And it's been such an incredible journey, um, mentoring other physical therapy and students and clients just to get where they want to be. Um, my boss, Dave Herzberg is amazing. He's been practicing for like 20 years. So he has so much experience. He's also an ultra runner and a triathlon or triathlete, I guess. So he's been mentoring me and guiding me and we're kind of taking, trying to take healthcare to the next level and, and help people really take charge of their health. I love that. No, I, I love how you said that last time, like take healthcare to the next level, right? Because, you know, not just in physical therapy, but just in health in general, especially in the United States. I mean, it is crazy out there. And I just love how you and Launch are really just making it much more accessible, easy to kind of get it through. Because like, I mean, you guys, and I think this is one of the common misconceptions that kind of comes with physical therapy is like you guys, you know, don't necessarily 
have to have insurance in order to, to go with you guys. Correct? Yeah, exactly. So with just how insurance is going in healthcare, it's getting more difficult to, you know, get benefits and to, for insurances to approve everything. And so it's really been hard for the physical therapy world. I mean, some clinics, you know, they're seeing 20, 30 patients a day, um, kind of just giving routine care, not really being able to give their patients everything that they have because they're so burnt out. So I think this is kind of a change and a turn for the better with healthcare as more concierge services, even, you know, primary cares, naturopaths, holistic, functional medicine, PT, um, I think coming together to form such a good network for patients is really the way of the future and, and how we, patients can take charge of their health. That's awesome. No, I, I absolutely love that. And it's so cool to see like that, like the whole space just becoming aware of that and cognizant of that because sometimes you know in obviously some cases some people might not have you know healthcare or they might not have solid healthcare that really allows them to uh, go through physical therapy in an affordable manner so i think it's so cool that you know not just your company but the whole space is really transforming into this like concierge service kind of thing and including more like holistic kind of health things because sometimes people you know including myself like i try and stay away from medications as much as possible and I'm more of a believer in the holistic kind of side of things. So it's cool to see like that uh, adaptations that are really going in the space and kind of where it's heading. So if someone is kind of hurt, like, and I'd love to kind of just dive into this, right? In this world of available physical therapy that's out there. And obviously you've worked with tons of clients along the way. I think the natural like question for a lot of people is like, how do I find the right physical therapist? Because like for me, when I first started getting hurt, um, I just kind of just, put my name out there and just was going to different physical therapists. And I was getting frustrated because like I could not find the right one for me. Like I wasn't getting the results. Like I felt like some of them weren't listening to me. Like they weren't really adapting to my needs. And then luckily I was able to find one shout out Whitney. If you're listening to this, like amazing physical therapist. Um, but how does like, what, what does someone have to think about as an endurance athlete when they're looking for the right PT? And I guess what advice would you give for someone who is looking for someone who's going to be a good match for them? Yeah. So I think, gone are the days of needing a script referral and you go to this this clinic that this doctor has told you to see right now we have the luxury to to decide our health and decide who we see because really healthcare is a business right it's all sales so i think now with social media i mean that's where i would start right instagram facebook the i'm just googling right you can google all different types because every pt kind of has a specific niche right some people work with crossfit some are runners women's health you know neuro vestibular so everybody kind of has a niche and now it's being such such so prevalent that it's on on their website and they're marketing their website very well for clients because it's all about results right it's not just we have all these clients because they, they're forced to go there by their doctors, right? I mean, since we're a direct access state, besides if you're a Medicare or government, you can kind of go wherever you want with no restrictions. So I think it's it's the proof is in the pudding of like how we, we showcase our clients' success and our social media and our websites. And so I think doing the research to find the therapist online, Facebook, Instagram, social media is really, really big right now. I love that. Yeah, no, and that's, that's so, I'm really glad you pointed that out because I think when I first started going to physical therapy it was like you mentioned where they just kind of assign you to whoever and you had to go to like uh either a primary doctor first Mm -hmm. to write a script and it was so annoying and like delays kind of like when you can start getting into it and most importantly like you don't really have a choice of who you get to go so i think it's so cool that you have that option so for you you would say you know if i was an endurance athlete just maybe look up endurance physical therapists in my area and and things like yeah and just just sports physical therapists and just finding their websites and and seeing what their specialty is and always even reaching out like hey these are my goals where 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 can you help me get there because 
a lot of it is a good foundation, right? But then they might be able to point you in the direction like, hey, I don't always treat runners, but like here's a great PT that I can refer you to that does. So I think it's a lot about networking. The PT world's very small, especially in Phoenix. So kind of who you know, and then we always want to give our best care for our patients. If it's not us, or at least it's not somebody, then they can refer you to somebody that, that can help more. That's a great, yeah, I love that point. I think it's so cool to like see that, like even from like your guys' perspective, it's like, hey, if you know we don't think we're a good fit, like we'll refer you on to somewhere else. It still shows like the level of care and things like that that goes behind it. Um, from that angle, like, do you suggest reaching out to someone who might have a practice that has like multiple physical therapists or like more of like someone who's kind of on their own? Because I know like sometimes people is just themselves and that's kind of in there or they'll have like multiple physical therapists kind of like launch. Mm-hmm. Like, do you suggest kind of like someone who has multiple under their belt? Just um, I think either would be fine. It's nice. Like at launch, we have different specialties, right? I, I treat a lot of runners and lifters. My boss, Dave, does a lot of triathletes. And then our other physical therapist, Kat, does a lot of vestibular, cervical, and then pelvic, um, like SI issues. So it's it's nice that everybody has their own niche. And then we all like can come together so that we can treat the whole person. Like if I get somebody with TMJ, I'm not the best at it. So I can refer her to my colleague that knows how to do it a little more. So I think it's just more finding where their specialties are like, or, and then we're usually pretty honest. Like I had, I'm not the best at this. I can help you, but this is where you want to be. Because ultimately it's, it's all about results. It's all patient driven, especially being out of network and concierge. That's our biggest, that's our biggest goal is to have people give them the education of that. They get to choose where they want to go. Mm, and I feel like that also comes with like the responsibility. It's like, okay, well now they're choosing us. Like we have to yeah. deliver. Whereas like before, if you're in the network and listen, I, I don't want to read the minds of people, but I feel like there's less of like an incentive yeah. to do it because you're like, Oh, like they're kind of locked in by like their insurance yeah. provider or something like that. Yeah. And a lot of it is, I mean, nothing wrong with these clinics. It's just the, uh, unfortunately, the constraints that insurance companies has put on us. So a lot of the time they will want to see you two to three times a week for like six to eight weeks. And it depends on what, if people have a high deductible, I mean, all their co- their copays might be 50 to $100. So then they're trying to make them come in that much. Their goal especially is to get as many visits as they can versus concierge. It's like, okay, let's get you in and out and like start spreading the visits out. So you're on a maintenance plan and, and you're getting back to what you want to do. So it's awesome that concierge, we only need to see our patients once a week. We get the full hour to dedicate with them. I mean, we are the highest level of education and exercise and having a doctorate in PT, most of us now. So it's, it's nice to be able to give them that autonomy to, to either come once a week, right. And then start spreading it out with their visits so that they're, they're feeling like financially they can, they can make it work. And there's always room for, you know, negotiations depending on where people are at. Mm, Another great, great point, because sometimes I like, and I've been in that part where they're like, yeah, you have to come in three times a week. And I'm like, well, is that like a recommendation? Like, oh, like you have to do this based on like your insurance plan. And I was like, well, like, I don't know. It doesn't really fit with my lifestyle. I feel like I don't need that like level of like stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm, I got, you know, a job, I'm training, I got the podcast, like relationships. So it's like, just so many different things and it was literally not because they wanted to have me in there it was just because like the insurance like literally had like a clause in there says you have to keep going this or you know you can't can't be going this under insurance and I thought that was crazy so it's cool to see that flexibility in there I'm curious from like the specific like treatment is there anything because I know there's so many different types of treatment in physical therapy right there's you know deep tissue massage there's a stem there's dry needling I mean is there any of those things that people need to think about or is it more so you know just kind of like visit a physical therapist have them try out things I guess like how do you kind of approach that like because like for me I didn't know any 
any of this mm-hmm. stuff yeah. beforehand. And then I kind of like started experimenting. And then from there, like I, I knew for me, it was like dry needling is and like deep. Yeah. yeah, like that helped. Um, but I guess like beforehand, should people even think about that, worry about that? or? I think basically because usually our clients have either already been to PT before, so they kind of have an understanding. I think the biggest thing that we can, and all PTs can provide is like a full comprehensive evaluation, right? Full body, a movement analysis, like structure, posture, function. Um, I'd always do a running analysis either like week one or week two with all my runners just to get like a groove of like, okay, where are you at with specific apps that I can see their posture from different angles. So once you figure out that, then the PT can walk you through like your treatment plan. And I think because people are so knowledgeable, right? We have so much information on the online and everything. Like our patients are almost as knowledgeable as like, they're not just novice coming in and like just being spoon fed, right? They know a lot based on the internet. And so being able to educate them, like, this is what's going on. This is what we're going to do because they just want that education. They want to know like what's going on with me. How am I going to get there? How are we going to get there together? And like, what's my timeline like? So a lot of those treatments are great for like breaking up the tissue so that you can move better. So we do a lot of, you know, different manual techniques, right? Graston, Aston, um, dry needling, soft tissue cupping, just to get the tissue flowing and then following up with specific exercise so that you can really retrain your body how to move specifically. So it's kind of applying both of those into a treatment model and giving homework to be like, you need to do this. It's up to you. You know, it's your journey. It's your life. I'm, I don't take your problems home with me. But the sooner we master these specific things and you can do, you know, A, B, C, the sooner we can get to the harder and more difficult things that you want to go to. So kind of putting it in their hands, like putting their money where their mouth is, right? Or their, you need to get to this certain level. And if that's on you for how long it wants to, you want to take to do that. Mm, yeah, no, I like that. I like that. And I, I'm glad you mentioned like the exercises too, because like. Mm-hmm. That's like the bread, the bread and potato, right? Meat and potatoes. That's the biggest thing, right? That's. That's the biggest thing is teaching your brain how to move better. It, it, do you, would you say like the exercises are like more important than kind of like that soft tissue work? Are they both equally as important, complementary? Um, I think it depends. I think that, especially if like somebody's really stiff, right? Usually we have two types of people, really hypermobile people that are gumby and have all the laxity in the world. No, or the really stiff people, right? So. Yeah we can't get the the neural retraining we want if you don't have the range of motion. So there we'd be like, okay, let's do some joint mobilizations. Let's break the tissue up so that you can get through that full range and get where you need to be. If it's like ankle mobility, hip mobility, right? Thoracic mobility, whatever it is. So it's like doing it and then following up and seeing, you know, test, retest. Okay. How was it before? Let's treat. How was it after? And then how, what can we give you at home to keep keep this up so that you can do a lot of this on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I, I feel like it, it all goes into like the approach of everybody is different and they all, there's no one size fits all approach to physical therapy. Depends on like how mobile you are, like mm-hmm. where your pain points are, both literally and figuratively, yeah. right? Like, and understanding uh, that being with a physical therapist who can adapt a plan to that is like so, so crucial. I guess like one of, one of the foundational questions probably would have made sense to add this ask this in the beginning, but it just came up to me is like, how does someone know when they should go to a physical therapist, right? Because, you know, as ultra runners, soreness is inevitable. Like, and if it's not like hit me up, cause I'd love to know what the heck you're doing. But soreness is inevitable, right? But you know, sometimes sorenesses can linger. Sometimes they're not as like, you know, more concerning as other things, but it can be hard to kind of gauge those things. So I guess for you, like, you know, for someone who's maybe feeling something, I guess like, when would you say, okay, it might be worth looking into a physical therapist or saying like, oh, like maybe 
it might just be soreness. I guess like when when do runners hit that point in your your suggestion? Maybe your experience too. Um, I I view a lot of these things as like you go to your annual with your primary like one or two times a year, right? You get a cleaning twice a year. Like why not make sure you have a great PT that can you can check up with? I think every runner should do a running analysis, one thousand percent, right? That's the biggest reason we see for overuse injuries is, right, the weaknesses, muscular endurance goes bad, especially the longer we get. And if we're not cross-training appropriately or working on our running mechanics, that's when we're getting having issues. Because most people have been running, you know, for years and miles on their body. And a lot of people are just asymptomatic with their asymmetries or whatever's going on. And then something happens where, okay, now it's shown. And they're like, oh, what happened recently? It's like, well, no, you've, you've been running a certain way for five to 10 years, it's just catching up with you. And now we have to kind of reverse engineer it to get you and to change your pattern so that your mechanics are in line. So I think that having somebody and even just getting a checkup or a running analysis to be like, okay, you're doing fine right now, but these are the the differences and the issues that I'm seeing based on your mechanics, you know, where you're loading, um, like ankle mobility, again, hip mobility, stability, all that stuff. Um, is really important. Interesting. So you would suggest like even like someone to take preventative measures should just get the running thing. And then basically, even if they're not feeling something, even if they're asymptomatic, if they have imbalances, they should definitely start to work on that. So they prevent these catastrophic injuries going going forward, right? Yeah. Obviously, like especially with running, right? It's always overuse, overuse injury, depending on the train. Um, it's not like a contact sport where all of a sudden, oh, you know, you get an ACL tear. So it's all preventative things so that you people can stay in the game longer. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you would say like, and it sounds like sometimes like when it's overuse injuries, it's not just specifically the mileage. And obviously that can be like the catalyst, but really the root cause of all this is just imbalances in, you know, the way you run your form, maybe some muscle, yeah, muscle weakness. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. And then the way to correct that is through these exercises, correct? Yep, and yeah. now we have, like, a, a physical therapist can see how you're moving and load you in different positions to really see how your body can, can compensate and and really get in and out of positions, like, safely, mm. right? Because that's, it's, especially overuse, it's, like, think of how hard doing, like, a single leg, single leg sit to stand or a single leg squat right. is, right? So running is basically single leg a million repetitions because we're always in that stance phase on one and swing on the other, so it's, a million repetitions it's not a lot of weight but it's the volume is so high so as we get to the end of the race right we start having that pelvic dip we're having some knee valgus i mean all the different things increased arm swing like head position changes you know we drive with our upper traps we get start to get any issues all through the chain interesting so it's like basically this like negative downward spiral of effects that starts from this imbalance but it leads all this other terrible things that happen especially the more fatigued and the more mileage you're pounding on correct yep and the body's super smart on adapting right the body is very fight or flight mode so it's going to get the job done it might not be the best way right if you're having issues it's like okay well that's not working great i'm going to use this other muscle group to get me there so you're compensating just to get it done and then you're just activating all these different mechanics that aren't ideally for the best Mm -hmm. to get the job done the body is the brain just like that's how the brain functions right fight or flight yeah yeah, and especially with endurance runners, right? Yeah. Like the mindset's all around, like keep going, like mm-hmm. you know, push through the pain, yeah, like no, yeah, until yeah. I die. And like in in the moment, especially in races, I feel like not so much in training. I feel like training, like you know, for at least myself and a lot of people, it's you get you get a little niggles. Like you're more likely mm-hmm. to kind of pull yourself out. But if you're in a race and yeah. you're feeling it, it's kind of like I'm just gonna keep pushing. 
and you can push to some pretty bad like places mm -hmm. for sure. Oh yeah. So it's making sure like your body can withstand, you know, if you're training for a hundred miler, your body has enough stability and muscular endurance to withstand like the 11 or 12, whatever hours you're going to be doing it on different terrain, making sure you have the proprioception and the balance and the stability to go over the uneven surfaces. Cause it's very different than just road running. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Right. Because the uneven terrain, you're climbing, you're running downhill. Like yeah. there's all these different variable mechanics like that, like your body, like I feel like with road running and correct me if I'm wrong, it's like, it's a similar motion. So like your body's like kind of used to that thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, if you just kind of keep throwing all this different yeah. terrain and everything, then it's good and bad. Yeah. Good. And, yeah. For good and bad yeah. reasons, for sure. I'm, I'm curious, like with like, so if a runner, let's just say they go through a running analysis and their PT's like, Hey, your form's jacked up. We need to like, really like fix all these things. I guess like, what does a standard regime look like? And obviously, as we mentioned before, it's different for everybody, different for what, like those kind of things. I guess like maybe what are some of the most common routines you see and maybe even like the most common imbalances that you see like in runners? Yeah, so when we do running analysis, most of the time people are either overstriding, right? Or having too much heel strike, um, not enough hip extension. So they're either like driving too much with their hip flexors, their glutes are not always activated. Most of us are very quad dominant people. So we have dead butt syndrome or DBS is yeah. what we call it in the medical <laughs> medical field. But making sure that, right, we're getting the hip extension, we're getting the drive through the posterior chain, like glutes, hamstrings, gastroc, soleus, um, so that we have the power and we're not over dominating with like our arm swing, our rotation. People lead with their chin a lot so that you're preventing that overstriding, right? Overstriding is huge. When you land and you load on one side, you want to make sure your body is over your feet so that you're loading forward. And it's almost like a controlled fall as you go forward. It's less energy to do that versus having to heel strike and your body's behind you and you have to pull yourself over. So that's the biggest thing, even with like elite runners, right? Where they have a little bit too far, their body's a little bit behind their feet. They don't have enough hip extension, which most of us don't because we sit all the time. Yeah. So it's getting the mobility uh, and like loosening up the tissue on the front and then getting like correct glute engagement so that we can get that power to drive. Interesting. So it's not as much just changing the form, rather you can change the form. Mm -hmm but it really starts in the foundation yes. and how strong those muscles are yeah. to support that new form, so mm -hmm. to say, right? Like and applying you, it. Right? Yeah, and applying, applying it, yeah. Ways, right, because we can, we can change cadence. I mean, you can tell them like, okay, increase your cadence, right? There's evidence that shows like a faster cadence of like 180 yeah. decreased risk for injury. But if we're not like applying, okay, how do you get hip extension and hip drive on, on the other side via like, you know, lots of triple extensions or like marching instability, um, and then once you get that, then applying it with, okay, a little more velocity and okay, we're controlling our fall and stabilizing in different positions. So there's so many progressions of like, once we get there, like statically, how do we slowly increase it so that we have, we're doing it with velocity, with momentum to really carry over into running. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. There is, there's a lot, but I feel like it's not like common knowledge, right? Like a lot no. of people think, oh, my form's messed up. I just need to change my form. Yeah. But really, it's the other thing, right? And, and even on the flip side, too, some people are saying, oh, like, you know, I am not strong enough in my butt. I have DBS, right? Like, mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to, like, you know, do some, some lists. But it's like, hey, if you don't correct the form, yeah. then it's really going to let up. And I feel like that's one thing where I feel like, um, you know, partnering with physical therapists that understand that yeah. running form aspect just as much as – the you know the musculoskeletal kind of figure and shaping i feel like that is like a great great advancement for the physical yeah. therapy space agreed and i think 
I think it's becoming more prevalent now that PTs were not just, okay, you're injured, we rehab, okay, you graduate, you're done, goodbye, right? Yeah. We, we have so much education in like strength and conditioning and performance that it's like, okay, we can get you pain-free and now let's see how you accelerate because we know how the body works, right? We have so much education on, on movement and biomechanics that we can really get people, okay, now that you're, you're in maintenance mode, right? So mm -hmm. let's, let's keep it going. Let's look at your programming. Let's program you out lifts and, and running that, that coincide and complement mm -hmm. each other to really help elevate you to the next level on more of like a performance and strength and conditioning side too. Oh, that's so cool. I love how you like look at the person's plan and try and fit it in there, right? Because everybody's doing different yeah. stuff, right? Like, you know, some people might be training for a 50 miler or a hundred miler or even, I mean, dare I say it, like nowadays 200 milers, yeah. right? Like they're, they're just all just getting bigger and bigger. And it's so cool. Cause like, I feel like with physical therapy and well, when I say this, like, I mean, the standard stuff is like, you know, they just give them a stand, like, they're like, oh, they have this injury. So that means they should be doing these exercises this amount of times a week. But I feel like if you don't take into consideration all the miles that they yeah. have on there as well and kind of their lifestyle, then it almost it does a disservice yeah. to this person. Yeah, and a person. lot of the time, the traditional clinics are seeing people that are not as active and are not not doing as much as like the you know our ultra runners or like crossfit athletes stuff like that so it's really making sure we're not underdosing these people and making it challenging enough to see some changes so that we're not seeing you okay four to six weeks okay you you feel great okay but how are you moving right it's taking them through that that patient life cycle of like okay this is where you're at let's bridge the gap between performance and therapy so that we're we're dosing it hard enough right we're not doing ankle pumps are stupid, you know, stupid exercises that are not like sport specific, right? So it's, yeah. it's bridging that gap between performance and therapy. That's so interesting. The sport specific thing, I think is huge, yes. right? Because I think with, with when you have tons of, I mean, there's so many different sports, but like so many different mechanics, yeah. right? Tennis player is going to have different mechanics than a basketball player. Basketball mm -hmm. player is going to have different mechanics than an ultra runner. And yeah. it's like, knowing those things and adapting it to that person's yeah. movements and everything I think is so so crucial so for when like a person goes in for like a typical runner is it more so like you'll you'll have them in like for however many times they need it do some deep tissue work give them exercises and then they kind of go on that rehab plan like how long would you say and, and obviously it depends on the injury but like how long should someone kind of maybe expect to go through something assuming that they have like an injury right now, right? Yeah. So normally, again, we only need to see our people once a week. So I would say I like to see them once a week for around four to six weeks, just to make sure like every week we're kind of testing, reassessing, right? It's kind of like baking a cake. You, you give put ingredients in, you got to make sure that the end product is a good tasting cake, right? Yeah. If it's not, we got to make sure, okay, what did, what did we tweak? Are you better or worse? How did they feel? What did you change in your day to day that's affecting this? So we can really tease out, okay, where the root issue is. So every week it's, it's just another reassessment so that we can always funnel down where they're at. And once we're like, okay, we're on the moving in the right direction. We have a great foundation you're feeling great. I know you're, you're feeling great, but like, let's see how you're moving. Let's see if the proof's in the pudding. Are you moving differently? Right. Cause that's the biggest thing. I don't care if people feel better, but like if they're not moving better, that's, we're just masking the thing and it's going to come right back. So then it's like, okay, you're doing great and you're moving great. Let's start pushing it a few weeks so that, okay, you're, you're still being compliant. You still have your program. I'm going to give you a few more things they can do on your own. That way by the end, right. Maybe we're once a month. We're just kind of in for maintenance, keeping you mobile, but you have a good 
a toolbox of exercises that you can just supplement in throughout the weeks and you're not feeling like, oh, I have to do three hours of exercises every single day, right? Nobody yeah. wants to do that. Nobody yeah. will buy into that. Nobody nobody wants that. Right. So it's more, okay, you have, you know, a set of 10 to 15 that are your staples. These are what we've funneled it down to for the past six weeks. I want you to do, you know, three or four every few days into your routine and it's kind of becomes a routine maintenance at that point. Mm, I love that. I think that's so awesome. And I think it's so crucial that you mentioned. It's like, just because you feel good doesn't necessarily yes. mean you're completely there yep. because I think the goal with PT or like a lot of things like going into it is like oh I just want this pain to go yeah, away it's always pain focused yeah like function right we care about function because yeah. pain is such a how do we separate you, the person from the pain because then you get into this mindset of like you know then it becomes very mental health related and it's it gets people can get chronic pain and like it just it's very demoralizing so it's very much like okay let's separate your pain yes you're still having it but like how are you moving better? Are you are you doing things easier? And they're usually like, oh yeah, like actually things are getting a little easier. Okay, so your pain's probably gonna stay the same for a little bit, but like let's improve how you're moving and that will subside. Interesting, so you would say like the movement, like working on that yep. should be the biggest focus as opposed to, hey, I just don't wanna be hurting anymore, yeah, correct? Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, we can, I can take you out of pain with any manual therapy I can do, but yeah. how do we keep that forever and give you the tools so that you know how to manage it and then you don't need to rely on me forever. I'm here when you need me, like once a month if we need to, but you have the tools to, to take it and do what you need to do so that this doesn't keep happening. Oh, I, I just absolutely love that. Like, like not even just from like a physical therapy perspective, but everything in the medical field, right? I think there is this perception and I think it's created because, you know, it's a business and everything. It's like, you know, there's almost like this codependency that's kind of created, right? Um, you know, you see it not just with physical therapy, even therapy, right? Like they never really give you the tools yeah. to, to really go out and do it. I'm not bashing all therapists. I know some therapists do, by the way. So just disclaimer before getting hate mail on that one. But I feel like there's that missing piece yes. because, and it bridges this codependency, which I think is so awesome. And like from there, is it more when you're giving tools to people, I'm sure it's exercises, but it, is it also just like knowledge and educating them and 100%. all those all, kind of things? I think everything in healthcare stems to lifestyle decisions. So giving them the tools, okay, talking about sleep, talking about recovery, talking about nutrition, right? Nutrition's in our scope of practice. We luckily oh. at launch have a holistic nutritionist that oh, works so cool. and does a lot of the admin stuff for us. So she, we usually refer to her. She reads blood work. She can do a lot of that stuff. So a lot of it is like, okay, lifestyle. Like where are we at? What, what especially in today's world where all these comorbidities are so prevalent and a lot of modifiable diseases are, right? Type two, type two diabetes is modifiable. It's changeable. It's reversible. So it's a lot of more getting into the health side of, let's let's give people the power to be like okay what are we doing in our lifestyles versus just giving you pills and doing all the manual treatment that's going to make you feel better but we're not really addressing the root of the cause so good so good and i feel like it really comes down to like we just had a, a guest on here who was a, a running coach and he was talking about how lifestyle plays into such a big factor in performance right i asked him i said hey like when someone's going you know into a training plan what are things they got to consider and i was expecting him to just say you know where you're at in your fitness yeah. and you know your strength but he goes you know what's going on in the household like what's going on in your relationships like how are you eating and it was like whoa and it's so much of a big part so it's so cool and important that you guys are taking into consideration that as well because i feel like that has not as much emphasis like again to a person going to pt remember it's just the pain it's just the training but it really is everything else is there like 
and again, I, I always like to asterisk everything saying it's never one size fits all, but is there like some general principles that you've seen really work for people like who can like lead to like optimal lifestyles to kind of help them stay yeah. on track with, you know, maybe, maybe they haven't gotten to a physical therapist yet, but at least, you know, kind of yeah. maintaining that holistic health that's going to keep them moving in a way that's going to be positive for them. Totally. I think um, the biggest thing is making sure people are getting enough sleep, right? And good quality sleep. So like, like seven to nine, eight to 10 hours around there is really great. And even developing like a good sleep hygiene, right? Like, like meditation, diaphragmatic breathing, like something even like meditation or sleep podcasts just to like wind down because that's, and I am tracking, right? My sleep with my Garmin and I have terrible sleep. So I'm also trying to, you know, practice what I preach and doing my mindfulness for like 30 minutes before I go to bed, right? No screens, reading, relaxation. Um, so that definitely plays a role and it's not right an easy fix, right? It takes a long time to, to make these changes, but something that's like worth it. Um, another big one is making sure people are getting enough protein, right? Usually it's like one gram per lean body gram of, of muscle. So making sure we're not just giving, feeding our bodies hundred um, percent of carbs, right? Yeah. Making sure we're getting enough protein in and we're getting, you know, six to nine cups of veggies a day, things like that, that people can just be mindful of that can really um, elevate them. And again, trusting the journey it's right. It didn't take a couple days to get to this point, right? It's not going to take a few days just to get out of it, but it's, it's not thinking about the end goal and be like, okay, when do I get there? It's the journey, right? This is just a lifelong journey that we have to make healthy decisions every single day. Cause really it's like life or death, right? We have yeah. to make these decisions. Every healthy decision we make mm-hmm. kind of puts into that healthy bucket so that our longevity is so much more fulfilling and our quality of life is so much better. I love that. It's not just about the next race or yeah. your race career or yeah. running in general. It's literally about living. And it's like, like if I mean you can't run if you're dead. Like that is like the yeah. thing, or you can't run if you're very sick or yeah. your health has gone down like the total shit. Or like it's like mm-hmm. it, you have to take care of the person first before you take care of the runner because without the person feeling good, the runner doesn't even yeah. exist. And I I love that. That's that's yeah. awesome. If like speaking about like the journey thing, right? So. Um, I'm a big believer personally, and I will say this is like having a good maintenance program with your physical therapist, even after injury has subsided and like you're running good and everything is huge. Like I go to my physical therapist at least once a month, sometimes pretty, like pretty much more often before a race, just to like make sure everything's good. What's your opinion on that? Do you think it's something that's like crucial? Is it like needed? Like, I guess like how do someone approaches like let's just say someone's listening to this right now like for whatever reason they're just they got good form they're like feeling good yeah they're perfect right let's just say right and i I know we got some some listeners being like i am and i i love all my listeners so i'm sure there's a few out there do you still suggest it might be worth like seeing a physical therapist or definitely i think there's always things we can improve on right there's always going to be something and even if it's just a minor tweak in something like, hey, maybe adding this a little bit in and this will help. Or, you know, let's get let's get your ankle moving. I'm going to give you a few things to work on, like just just for continuing to be preventative. So even if it is every four to six weeks, right, or just getting like a tune up, right, working some some joint mobilization to get things flowing, some tissue release. Right. And then always having them follow up. So we have a lot of athletes that just come in, you know, every four to six weeks, just just for maintenance to make sure, okay, is everything still moving appropriately? Am I still doing well? How's my training? And I, every single time there's nobody that's like, I'm great. I have no problems. Everything has been awesome. It's always like, oh, I feel great, but I got this little thing. I'm like, okay, well, let's look at it. Or every time it's like, oh, I know I have this little thing. What do you think? So there's always going to be something that we can always be better at. Mm, Do you think like people, like if they have something pop up, like, do you think they should get it checked out right away or just kind of wait a little bit because it's like 
you know, I've, I've, I've always been historically horrible at this and I only go and like, well, now I'm better, but in the past, I've really only got and like sought after help if it was just like lingering for a little bit or I, yeah, life or death or like I couldn't even run. Whereas like in the past, like, you know, I've had knee pain, like typical runner's knee, but like I would just run through it for like two weeks. And now to please don't follow my lead here, but like eventually it would go away. But is that the long-term good thing? And like now I know I'm smarter to like go in those things. But like I guess like do you suggest like people if, if they get like something that just feels right, like go go get it right away and check yeah, it out? I would think better better be safe than sorry. And it's not like at least with out of network and concierge, it's not like, oh, I have to go to urgent care and I'm yeah. gonna get this unexpected huge bill when they saw me for like five seconds, right? right. That's how uh, and that's why most people avoid going to the ER, avoid going oh, through yeah. all these issues because <laughs> they're so afraid of like, okay, what's gonna happen? Right. Do I really need this? So I yeah. mean Especially with with physical therapy, it's like okay, let's let's better safe than sorry. Making sure, right? If you do, if you're having any issue, you know, it's lingering for a few days. There's something going on, right? Even if it's it's a minor tweak, and it's like okay, it's not that big of a deal. Or if they're like, okay, I can only come in, you know, once a month, once every few weeks. That's okay. But like, let's get ahead of this so that it's not going to get worse, especially if you're in the middle of training. For yeah. I love that. I and I'm glad you brought up like that concern about like the the bill, right? Because yes. that's like I mean, it's funny. Like I know some people who, you know, have gotten like some pretty bad injuries, and I'm like, yeah, we need to take you to the ER, and they're like, nah, dude, I can't afford that. And it's like, bro, like you are like you are in a bad spot right now. Like we need to take you. Uh, but it's like a real fear that people have, especially like you know, like I said, with ultra runners, like we get like little aches and sores all the time. And so like, you know, for more times than not, it usually ends up being a non-event. So I think like subconsciously you think like, oh, this could go away. Why go to, you know, wherever to get this checked out. But it's so cool to see, you know, you guys do have like those concierge services that aren't so much. Plus you got like the free, you know, injury kind of assessment kind of things, which is great. Um, And I think it just provides that accessibility while also addressing that concern. Well, making sure that they're not spiraling down into yes. a dark injury yep. path where they're going to be off their goals. Yeah, and I think a big thing also is like people go in and they just expect, okay, they're going to force this huge commitment on me. I'm not ready to do that. Or again, same with like the ER urgent care. They're going to make me do all this blood work, all this imaging, and I'm not ready for that. But it's more like at least we're fee for service, right? We're very cut dry. This is where we're at. This is our costs. We take FSA, HSA. We can do payment plans. So it's like, okay, this is where you're at. This is what I think, but I'll give you some tools if you want to go on this plan or I'll see you every few weeks. But this is what I'm thinking right now. This is what would benefit you. So it's, I think it's less fearful of like, oh, I'm avoiding going to any, any practitioner because of this fear of like what my, the commitment I'm going to get like coerced into. Yeah. Exactly right. And Zolsh runners were so busy. Yeah. We're like, oh man, like commitment right yeah. now. Like, holy crap. Yeah. So yeah. If it's like, okay, I can only see you once a month. Like if it's finances or busy or traveling, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. But I'm going to give you a lot more you need to work on and we're going to yeah. record everything. So you have all these videos. You have, let's say 10 plus things. I need you to be doing at least two or three of them every single day until the next time I see you. And that's kind of putting your feet to the fire of like, okay, this is your goal. This is the carrot we're chasing. You got to do the steps to get there. I love it. I love it. And like you fit into like how available they are, right? Like yeah, if they're very, yeah, yeah if they're going to be in travel and, you know, cause like, that's like the big thing, even not just with, you know, PT, but like training is like, oh, I'm always on the road. I don't have access to X, Y, and Z. It's like, but you're giving them options and basically like no excuse to like not get it done. Yep. Like it's their choice, right? And we do yeah. offer like telehealth. So like if it's a quick one, if you're traveling or something like, hey, how does this form look? Do we need to progress anything? Right. It's all just figuring out where people's threshold is and then starting to bump them up and ramp them up. You know, if it's intensity wise, reps, sets, you know, compliant services, 
all that kind of stuff. So there's so many options that we can take just to work with somebody. And it's not like you're dealing with a medical assistant who has to call and they have to put this in and I'll leave a message and they'll never call me back. It's like, no, we're right here. We do all of it like in-house. Let's get on this plan together. And that really gives people such a more confidence in the healthcare system, I think, because it's been just so lacking in the last, you know, decade. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you guys are really just doing great things in the healthcare space. Like, because it's, it's, man, it's a nightmare. Like everything you just mentioned, I'm getting like anxiety just thinking about the times (laughs) where like I've called in for like help and like they don't like respond in like three days and like, oh, sorry, but... Mm -hmm you know, this is where your, your health insurance says you got to be. So who cares? And I'm just like, oh. and I have, I'm, I'm, most PTs are like this where we just have no boundaries and we're all just like, we'll help 24 seven. So I'm guilty of giving out my personal number and being like, let me know. I'm basically available 24 seven because I am. And like, I have to like set my boundaries as well, but we're just, most of us are so dedicated to helping our yeah. patients that like I will respond day or night. What's going on? Where are we at? Like, let's, let me try to fit you in tomorrow. Like even just a call, you know, or a zoom or something just so that people feel like, okay, we're there for you. Like we're in your corner. That's awesome. That's so cool. And you don't get that with that. I feel like no. old school, traditional PT yeah. at all, which healthcare is amazing. In general, like, healthcare in general. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Five messages and nobody calls you back. Or you go to urgent care and there's like a two hour wait and you're like, well, this is like a $500 bill. Like yeah. Like, yeah. And you get like a guy who just tells you, oh yeah, you're good. Yeah. By the way, I'll check your vitals. Like, yeah. your <laughs> it's like, what is going on here? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, this is awesome. Well, like seriously, I even learned like a ton here just like about the body and like how to approach it. And I think this is like such a good primer for anyone who's like curious about PT. Like PT is also like becoming like, I feel like such a rage in the ultra running world. Like yeah. now, like having a PT is like, mm-hmm kind of like the hottest thing for good reason like it's not i don't think it should be a trend this should be something positive and you know exactly and it's like a person who's really going to help you you know not just get back on your goals if you're on an injury but to stay on the path and even get you closer to your goals um performance which is amazing so we do have people here in the phoenix area uh, who listen to this podcast and you know launches local to to phoenix and everything where can our listeners if they are interested in either working with you or working with your team at launch like kind of learn more about what you guys have to offer and where can they follow you on instagram i love all your reposts like again like just about you learning and stuff but like you post some great infographics from your team as well which is just so amazing um and and i always like learn so much too like it'll be like common imbalances of runners or like Mm -hmm. how to approach your training load and i'm like oh this is great so you know even if someone you know maybe is not ready for physical therapy i highly suggest they follow you so where can they do so and then where can they learn more about launch yeah, so um, our launch ha- our launch physical therapy has an Instagram page and our website. You just search launch physical therapy, and then it'll be myself, Dr. Cat, and Dr. Dave. Um, and then my personal Instagram is Dr. Kaylee Kaufman underscore DPT. So any questions, people can look. Um, we have so much information on our website and um, our social media that just can give like a sneak peek of kind of what we're about. And again, people just have to be ready to make that change, right? People have to be ready to, to put their health forward and take the step. And some people are and some people are not and we just accept people for where they are on their journey i love that and i think that's the most important thing like by far like i think cookie cutter anything right like not just physical therapy training plans nutrition but like cookie cutter anything is like terrible and i just love how you guys take the approach of looking at the person not just based on what they're going through but who they are and what their goals are and i feel like that's the most important thing. So I, I couldn't uh, recommend you recommend you all enough for anyone listening on here who's looking for a great PT and a great place to go to. And uh, Kaylee, this has been amazing. Thank you for coming on. And the question that I have to ask you for my last question, which I ask every single guest 
on the Everyday Ultra Podcast is what can our listeners do every single day to become a better ultra runner? I would say do not neglect cross training. Some some runners out there... I know some runners out there only run, which is great, but we need to be doing some sort of stabilization, running specific, um, strengthening. It doesn't even need to be with weights, but if, if you're expecting your body to hold up doing the same thing, you need to put some load on it and make sure that your muscles have the strength and the endurance to withstand. So it doesn't need to be a ton of cross training, right? Even doing like 30 minutes to two days a week, but really making it running specific just to make sure you're getting those adaptable changes that you want to see in your performance. So awesome. And I know I said last question, but now I'm now I'm a little <laughs> bit intrigued. So like in, in terms of like the, the cross training, is it just like exercises and just, you know, whether it be like with a band or a weight or body weight movement, is it like also biking? Like, I guess, cause like cross training can mean like so many different things. Yeah, I guess so like, general. yeah. Like what's like the specific kind of I would say a lot of barefoot single leg work so that you, cause right. Running is a million single leg stances over and over and over again. So making sure each limb is, is stable, can go through full range, can keep the stability and the balance on the ground, on like a foam pad or with weight, anything, right? So everything, the posterior chain, you know, the, the back muscles, glutes, hamstrings, calves, gastroxoleus, everything needs to be worked so that it has a muscular endurance. So cross training to me is very running specific stability and strength work. Interesting. So you would say like lunges. Lunges would be great. Yeah. Single leg squat, single leg step down, um, Bulgarian split squats, hip thrusts, single leg bridges, stuff like that. Just to put you in a position of mimicking running with one side working glute and one side working hip flexion. So we're really getting that cross symmetry of replicating what running is like. And strengthening those muscles too, which is so, yeah, I love that. That's so great. All right. Now, now we're done with the questions here. I was like, Oh, like the light went off because I thought it was so interesting, but also such a huge part. So Kaylee, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is awesome. And uh, Kaylee will be running her first ultra sometime TBD too, right? TBD. I'm either going to do something in the December, like a 50 K I've run a couple marathons. So I'm making the switch kind of, I feel like a, a baby ultra runner, but making the switch, doing something either in December or the Black Canyon 60K in February. So Black Canyon. thinking Black about Canyon. it, TBD. <laughs> oh man. Well, I know you're going to crush it and you'll be so awesome out there. And I can't wait to, to root for you. And I'm sure you'll get a lot of new followers from this too. We're going to be cheering you on. All the running advice and guidance from this. Exactly. All of our ultra runners, exactly. So. Thank you so much, Kaylee. Thank you.